Welcome to the Seek Wilderness Podcast, a platform for outdoor adventures of storytelling, for gaining basic knowledge of hunting, fishing, and woodsmanship. A place to find inspiration to go do epic stuff this week. Seek Wilderness. All right, we are live. Welcome back to the Seek Wilderness Podcast. I am the co-host, John White. We got Todd on the other line. Todd, what's going on, man? What's going on, guys? What's happening? So uh, we have a very special guest on the line, and uh, she is the manager of the Rack Shack, and it's Brittany or Britt Hickey. What's going on, Britt? How's it going? It's going It's going good. It's going good. Finally, we we're, were able to, to connect um, I know, I know Todd has, has been trying to, you know, li- line things up and whether it's our schedule, your schedule, just schedules are crazy. Work yeah. life is crazy. Busy time um, here. Busy time here. Especially, mm-hmm. especially now, especially yeah. now we're, we're just talking offline and I asked if you got out yesterday. So we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday would have been oct- October 1st and you'd want, wanted to get out, but you were just so slammed. Everybody's like. Yeah. coming in which is i mean that's good it's good no, for business I right love it. it's just no sneaking out early <laughs> yeah yeah so so um so some of the things that 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 you know we want to talk about uh today if you're okay with it is just uh really like how you got your started in hunting um how you came to be manager of the rack shack obviously you had a hammer buck um early season in in kentucky um, and just, you know, just kind of be casual and, and have a conversation about that if you're right. good with it. Yeah. So, um, none of my family hunts, believe it or not, uh, or shoots. Um, so I was born in Pennsylvania. So deer hunting was obviously a big thing. Like first day of rifle season, we would get off school. It's like a holiday. Um, yeah. never thought I could kill a deer, you know, big animal lover, stuff like that. And they all just kind of gun hunting. It's more popular gun hunting there than it is bow hunting. At least it was back yeah. then. Right. And, uh, so I just like never, never, I loved outdoors, hiking, all that, but never got into the hunting aspect of it. Had a couple friends that did it. Um, and then I ended up moving to Jersey. Um, and then I was actually a professional surfer for a short period um growing cool. up. and i was out in the water surfing with some friends and one of my friends who lives in medford um his name's paul he was like i shoot a bow he's like you should learn how to shoot and i was like i always want to learn to shoot a bow but everyone i knew only gun hunted and he's like right. yeah i'll teach you how to shoot a bow i was like okay i was like but I, i'm not hunting like i can't kill anything <laughs> not look at me <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so uh we went to his house for like a cookout or something he whipped out like an old dart and bow and it was like a <laughs> 70 pound and of course starting out i did, could not yeah. pull it out. so he cranked it down as low as it could go i could barely pull it back it was like 28 inch draw so like a little long for me like 28 28 and a half and i uh, just started shooting and i instantly was like this is awesome like yeah. i love this so yeah. my arm was black and blue you know how that goes yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so like uh wouldn't anchor i was scared to bring the string to my face all that and uh so i just like kind of kept shooting i was hooked and then he's like you want to just like go up in the deer stand and like see what it's all about because he started telling me like the process of hunting and as i understood more i was like 
I might be like interested, but I still don't know if I can kill something. Mm-hmm. So we went up like a mock sit, and like two fawns came right underneath the stand. First sit, like coupled down, and I was like, "This is I've never seen anything like this." <laughs> awesome. We saw a fox. I was like, "I've never seen that in my life." And uh, so I was like, instantly, like, "This is amazing!" Like I'm seeing stuff I never would see at home, you know. Yeah. And, you know what I think I could do this like I like the process of like getting your own meat like appreciating it you know um just enjoying the outdoors and seeing stuff I never see just sitting at home so um long story short you know went through the process of license all that so I'm practicing for my first hunt he's like you gotta get a doe first you're not just gonna go out and shoot a buck like we're just gonna get you doe you know stuff like that and I was like I'll do whatever so I was practicing the day before the hunt and I was still using the old dart and, and the limb bolts blew out at full draw because oh, we no. took them out too much for me to pull it back. Right. And I was like standing with the bow in a heap and I'm like, oh, I just broke his bow. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, oh, it's just a dart. It's just a dart. <laughs> Who cares? I was like, I'm supposed to hunt tomorrow. Like, I was like, what am I going to do? So I was like, you know what? I love it. I'm going to go to Bass Pro, buy, buy myself a bow, and get his fix in the meantime. Well, first, I was just going to go to get his fix, but it was busy season. And they're like, we can't do that today. Like, you're going to have to leave it. And I was like, well, I'm not a hunt, so I'm just going to buy a bow. So I bought an old bear finesse. It's like a woman's bow. It was like 50 pounds max, single cam. Um, yeah. And that's where I met Daryl Gunn. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's um, he's pretty popular in Jersey. He's a really good bow tech. Um, he was does have like Olympic experience back in the day, oh, okay. yeah, so okay. he's a little older now. But um, he was there and talked to him. He helped me pick out my first bow, and you know, then I went on a hunt. I missed my first two doe. I shot over and under, and then I finally got one, which instantly yeah. hooked. Yeah, it was right after a pouring rainstorm. It was like one o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, I'm going out and literally ten minutes and she came and I, I got her and I was like, This is this is it. I'm doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's um, great. Yeah. So like time goes by, I go back to Bass Pro. Daryl was like super knowledgeable, so I started just asking him questions and I was like, can you teach me how to work on this stuff? Like, I don't know anything about it. So he's like, well, we're hiring. I I was teaching at the time out of school. So got done at three. I was like, I can come in the evenings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because they close at nine. So I was like, I'll do a couple hours here and there. So I started learning under him, like slowly but surely, and like learning how to cut arrows, you know, like just the basic stuff at first and product. And then long story short, he left there and went to um, a place called Range 129 in Epsigan. And uh, he called, I was actually just started at the Rack Shack part time. Mm. So I knew them from just doing shoots. Like I would go do some of their shoots and stuff like that. I met Aunt and Mike and all them. And uh, I was just starting part time. And then Daryl reaches out. He's like, hey, you want a full time position? And I was like, it's either I leave teaching and do what I want, like what I love right now, right. or I just, and I was like <laughs> real torn. I was like, you know, I'm just going to take the leap of faith and go for it. So nice. worked under Daryl for about like two or three years, like learned everything I could. And then the rack shot got really big and like busy and aunt reached back out to me. He's like, Hey, you interested in full time? I was like, not really, but I was like, you know what she got and then uh we just had a good relationship from prior 
and um, he offered me a job there. So I took the manager job, just a good opportunity and stuff like that, and kind of went out on my own there and uh, started growing that kind of like, it's like my baby there, <laughs> you know what I mean? Growing yeah. my kids' classes yeah. and and stuff like that. So it, it, it's, he's been awesome to work for. So that was like, I loved going there. And uh, just kind of, I like that it's just strictly archery. Like the place I was at before was guns and archery. So this is just archery pro shop, like everything archery. And that's pretty awesome. So that's kind of how I got, long story, but that's how I kind of got into everything. And I've just been hooked What was, What was the time, like, so from from the time, like Paul was working with you till you started at, at uh, Rack Shack, like five uh, years, 10 years, three so, years? I mean, Bass Pro was like that year. And then the range was probably like two and three years or or like two to four years. And then this is going to be like five. So probably like seven or eight years now. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. I'm flies. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So you never went back to to teaching? You got bit by the mystical flight of the arrow and you never went back to to, to, uh... (laughs) teaching? Paul says all the time yeah. I created a monster, and I was like, "Yeah, you did." Yeah, you did. Yeah. That's it. Well, I'll tell you what. To, to be completely honest with you, Britt, um, I, I, you know, in researching this, and and um, you know, after we met at the at, at the rack shack at the, the get together, I kind of, I don't really, to be honest with, you, I don't know if it just. I don't know why, but for some reason, you popped up on like YouTube or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean, and I seen a couple of your YouTubes, and I'm like, no, this girl, she actually knows what she's doing. This, she's not a. You're not doing it for the gram. You're not doing. You know, no, no. you're no, no. you're a legitimate bow tech yeah. bow hunter. Yeah, you know, there, there. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, you're, so, you're in that room for a woman that so, actually know what they're doing. <laughs> well, yeah. that's no. that's true, but but to that point, Todd, like. So, mm-hmm. so some of y'all listening might not know, I, I ended up selling a bow, um, and having to ended up buying one from, from Brit and out of the box, she had it tuned and shooting bullet holes. Basically. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have to do any adjustments like after, after it. So I was yeah. like, what, which, you know, kudos to you. Cause that <laughs> had you know, a little you you figure it out no I, I was impressed i mean i you know obviously you know customer service all that stuff yeah that's that that's there i mean you're you're just a real down the earth you're a hunter at heart and and the fact that i could come there and you know between my break and work yeah <laughs> and, and and you you set it up that that quickly me heading out the door confident with, with what I have was, uh, yeah. uh, I, I thought you had been basically doing this your whole, you know, adult life. You know what well, I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I just don't fool into it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So one of the things, like one of the videos, I think it was the very first video I seen was, um, you were broadhead tuning. Yeah. And you knew exactly how to broadhead tune, how to get your, your practice tip and your, your broadhead to fly perfect and you made the adjustments right and one of the things if i'm not mistaken that's a little bit older video as well yeah so to be honest with you like if we if we look at um broadhead tuning is something that's really just coming to life in the mainstream in the last couple of years and it's because people are have been loading up the front with the high foc and um 
you knew how to broadhead tune before broadhead tune was cool. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say that. So no, I mean, there was absolutely no doubt in my mind by watching that video. You know what you're doing, and yeah, you're you're legit, girl. I love that. Yeah, having your everything fly the same is definitely a confidence booster in your equipment for sure. So, so yep. wait, so are those videos under Rack Shack or under your name? Uh, they're under my personal. Uh, it's, yeah. and, and so they're a little rough, but <laughs> let, let, let's do a plug for YouTube because I want I want to go watch it and make sure I'm doing it right. <laughs> Just Brittany Hickey on YouTube. Brittany so. Hickey on YouTube. Okay, perfect. All right. Good deal. So, yeah. So you did you you you're, you didn't really have any family friends that, that were into it. Um, you, you luckily ran into some some people that had other hobbies that you're you're into, and I didn't know that you're you're actually a professional surfer. That's pretty cool yeah. too. Perfect. That's real cool. There, yeah. Well, yeah. Wait, how does somebody yeah. from PA even get into surfing? Like, where where are you surfing? Uh, um, so we would come down ever since I was, you know, like a year old. My parents would come down Jersey summers. My dad actually was born and raised in Jersey. Okay. Um, we'd come down, you know, it started like a week at a time in the summer, just family vacations. And we did every summer. And then it went to like a month and, you know, three months and my dad would kind of float back and forth while he worked. And uh, then we ended up getting a house and learned how to surf when I was, I want to say like five or seven, like around wow. that age. And then I had an older brother and we just like pushed each other every, like, I think cause we weren't from here, we just appreciated it a lot more. So we were every time, like any wave we were out, you know, just work and trying to get better. And then we started getting into competing and it just kind of went well and uh, stuck with it. And then sponsorships come and all that. And you start doing pro contests. Biggest thing is being from Jersey. There's not tons of waves in the summer. You know, it's more of like this time of year and winter yeah. still not even that consistent. But a lot of the contests are like really far away to get on like the pro circuit. So like it's just so expensive. And I was like... Yeah. I'm not going to pay all this money and go and there might not even be waves. I'd rather just go for fun and, you know, go, go where yeah. there's going to be waves. <laughs> yeah. Good deal. Yeah. So, so you're at the Rack Shack now. That business seems like, I don't know exactly how long you've actually been the manager there, but that business, I mean, it, it's growing. It's growing quick. It's getting, getting a good presence on, on uh, social media and everything as well. Um, and like John and I had met you at the, the, um, what was the name of the, what was the name of that festival? Was it the, it's the fall festivals coming up, but what was the name of that one? Like the summer, that would, uh, like customer appreciation, uh, yeah, customer appreciation. Yeah. We, we were helping, uh, Greg with, with the saddle demonstration and we ran into each other and talked and, and, uh, and you came over and we're, we're checking out the latitude stuff and, and, uh, and then, then I think, well, obviously you guys are carrying them now and you're, you're actually running the latitude now too, right? I am. Uh, when I sat in that thing firsthand, like it's so much nicer when you can try it before you actually buy one. Cause my first one, I had no idea what, what to expect. Um, but yeah, that thing was comfy and you guys really sparked a lot of interest when you guys were there. Like since you guys came people come in all the time like hey uh, we're here with those guys doing the demos like we're really interested 
So, like, I'll set up a tether, just, like, ground level and have them try it out. And um, yep. mm-hmm. that's getting yep. a lot of interest. So, it's it's pretty cool to see. But, yeah. It's a good deal. That's a real good deal. So, where when exactly did you, uh, you know, obviously you probably didn't, like, when you first started hunting, you probably didn't go right into being mobile. You probably had maybe, like, Paul had, like, a ladder stand or some preset stands or something like that. Yeah. How did your journey lead you to start being mobile? Because you had a different brand um, before you went to Latitude. Yeah. So you were already saddle hunting before we met you. But um, like, go into your little journey there on, on how you started going mobile and, and why you went and started going mobile. Yeah, so um, when I was hunting with Paul, it was just ladder stands and, like, hang-ons. And some of the hang-ons mm-hmm. were 30 feet high. And that was, like, the cool thing <laughs> about wearing a harness. Like, I'm up like jesus is high so <laughs> like um i learned like that you can wear harnesses and how to be connected the whole way up and i was like i just want to be safe and it actually saved me one time i was putting a stand on and as i stepped in the stand gave out like the strap broke yeah. and luckily mm-hmm. i was clipped in i was just hanging there it's still terrifying but like yeah. i was man if i didn't have this on like so sunset i was like i don't go without it like i don't even right. stand in a tree stand without it anymore i'd probably shake <laughs> so yeah. bad right yeah. yeah so then once i learned to use like the linesman's and all that i was like oh like this isn't too bad to do a couple sticks i tried the climbers i wasn't a big fan um i thought they were noisy and like when i'd walk in with them i'd clank on everything and then setting it up it always fall down on me or something like yeah. And I just never felt sturdy in them, I guess. I mean, I mm-hmm. might not be the best climber either, but I just wasn't a fan. I just prefer my sticks and, and put in a, a platform stand or something like a hang-on. And uh, so I started doing three sticks with my Millennium. So I'd put receivers up, and I kind of got into that when I started kind of like hunting on my own. I didn't mm-hmm. I wasn't under Paul's wing anymore. Like I kind of just – I was trying to find spots. I didn't have any land here, and I was just moving around like – Bow hunting, I tell people all the time we want to get in there. I'm like, it's a learning experience. Like, I struggled for like three years. Like, I got a couple doe, but like, I don't want to kill Spike for my first buck. So, like, actually just getting on bucks, like mature bucks that I was like, actually wanted to shoot was was a learning experience. Like, I got busted a lot. I sat yeah. mm-hmm. not even seeing deer, you know? So, yeah. moving around, like, I learned a lot. So, that's why, I like, being mobile was very intriguing to me because i could get in the spots and then if i didn't like them i could go take it right down you know mm-hmm. yeah. nothing beats like on a cold day climbing into a preset stand i'm like nothing's ever gonna beat that but like i hunt a lot of public land around here so the saddle mm-hmm. has been a game changer because i'm not clanking around i'm not carrying stands everything's on my pack like I used to have, yeah like a stand hanging off my arm my bow on the other <laughs> arm <laughs> Um, so when the saddles came out, I was like, that's so nice, like lightweight, not carrying stuff, like for my public land where you don't, you don't want to leave anything anyway. I was like, that's perfect. Like three sticks, four sticks go up, put the platform that's on my bag, you know, and and my stands are connected to me and sit right. And I'm connected the whole time. So I was like, I love this. So that's kind of how it all evolved, I guess, just being forced to find, you know, new locations and learning like jumping around i just tried to go the easiest route with noise and weight and all that so yeah that's a good deal that's a good journey that's a real good journey so you know you know one one of the things so let me ask you how how um 
when did you first start like diving into the saddle, using the saddle? I want to say two, three years ago. Yeah. I guess. All right. So, so, so we're not far apart. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is my, this is my fourth season and, okay. and, um, using the saddle. Yeah. And, um, like I, I'm to the point, like I'll do it until I can't physically yeah. can't do it. And I mean, yeah. and, and I, when I say physically, that's, probably the same as if I were to use, you know, a lock on, like in my efforts to be mobile, there's for me, the saddle saddle hunting is the most, um, proficient way and the easiest way to, to be able to do what it is that you want to do. Like if you want to get down and, and move, just, just go. Yeah. But I think, I think, <clears throat> and tell me your opinion. I think one of the things that so many, like when I talk to somebody about using a saddle, the first thing they say is, is it comfortable? Yep. That's exactly right. Right. Yep. And so, and, and I'm like, I mean, just yesterday I sat in it for nine hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so yeah, you, you can find a way to, to, to make it very comfortable. The thing that I love about it is that you are invisible. I mean, you can, you can find like, a, a place between branches, a, a place between two trunks. I mean, you're just, you can get into basically any tree, any tree. Yeah. So that was, no, I found something you can't get in. <laughs> well, I, well there, there are some trees that you can't get when, in, when I was, especially if you're on state property, you can't hack away branches. You know what I mean? Like well, there's, there's I was just, yeah. just going to say that. That's a fair, yeah. that's a fair statement. Like when yeah. I, when I was down in Missouri a couple of years ago, I looked at every tree. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, it ain't happening. I'm not yeah. getting in that tree. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, your, to your point though, Brett, it, like the security, the safety part of it, yeah. always being attached to it um, is, is, you know, me, dad, I have three kids, wife. Yeah. I want, I want to come home. Yeah. I want to come home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's my plug for, for saddle hunting. <laughs> yeah. Um, going back to like where you say people ask if it's comfortable. Um that's like the first question everyone asks me when they come in and see the saddle. Like, is can you sit yeah. in it for a while? I was like, I've sat in them like almost all day. Yep. The biggest thing I tell them is like, don't just put it on and go hunt. Like, you have to actually figure it out where it's for you. Like, you actually got to sit in it, do short hunts. You know, figure out yep. where you want the tether, where you want the bridge. You know, it's like it's not right away. It might not be like, you know, sitting in a double ladder stand you know, comfy, but I said, you got to actually work on it. And then once you get it, it's amazing. I was like, you can, it's like, I get dough that I'm only 15 feet up and I'll get dough that mature dough walk right by me. But the angle, I guess I look like a branch and yep. I just rarely get busted if ever yeah. in the saddle because I'm concealed, you know? Yeah. I, one of the things that I try to tell people, I mean, I, I try to take my own advice sometimes is you got to, especially if you, if it's before the first hunt of the year, even if you've been with them for a couple of years and stuff like that, if you got a backyard that's got some good topsoil in it and it's not rocky terrain and we're pretty blessed in, in South Jersey to have pretty sandy <laughs> terrain, there's not a lot of rock around here, but um, if you can go in your backyard or someplace where you can get in a tree and, and get in an awkward tree, get in a leaner, get, you oh. know, try all those different things and go up there safely with your bow, just like you'd be setting up and, and fill your quiver full of practice tips and try to shoot leaves at every different point 
around the tree. And that will be like, you can't beat that for practice. You have to try all the different shots because if you don't, you're, you're going to, you are going to struggle at first until you get some experience at, at all the different there possible ways of shooting. I want them to come. That's how it usually happens. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. So, yeah, but. so at, at, let, I want to transition a little bit because <clears throat> you, um, you had a hammer buck on your, on your travel hunt to, uh, to Kentucky. And, um, I, I, I've been waiting to hear, hear the story. And this is all over your Instagram. So I just want to, <laughs> I just want to, I, I want to sit back and, and hear how this all came about. If I was her, I'd still be putting pictures. It's been a month. I'd still be putting pictures of it. Every day I'd have a different angle of it or something like that. That's a beautiful buck. Yeah, it is. It is. But, uh, yeah, so I got invited out there, and uh, I was like, I'm going to turn down a velvet hunt out there, you know. So um, it was hot, like probably 98 degrees. It was so hot. And uh, first night I set up on a um, like a – a ridge top kind of like it looked like a logging road almost and it went down and i was kind of on the hill side and then behind me was like a crp field kind of and um you could just tell they're moving through there so was sitting there and it was raining and i was like it felt good because it was hot (laughs) um yeah right after this rain stops, I was going to stop at like six, which was like perfect timing. Um, I was like, I'm going to see deer. So I saw a couple doe um, as it was raining and they were kind of spooky because there was no wind. It was just like still, you know, and uh, then they kind of relaxed and just were, you know, eating. And then a small buck came out and he was kind of pushing them around and then all of a sudden my deer came out and the crazy thing is i almost didn't shoot it because his body was so big i was like ah he's it's a good deer but like i was like you know first night you know and then i was like looking i was like that's a 10 pointer he's past the ears he's got brows i was like i'd be silly not to shoot this thing right exactly yeah (laughs) i was like full velvet all right so I probably drew on this buck like four times. Um, really? Yeah, I guess when wow. I was just off wind, he wow. was feeding me while he was feeding. And um, every time he, there was a smaller buck with him, and every time he would bump him, he'd go broadside. So I'd draw back, and then he'd turn right back towards the wind. And I'm like, let down. <laughs> you know? So it probably happened. Like, I think it actually helped calm my nerves because I drew on him. So- yeah, right. it does. Yep. Right. And then the one, Makes sense. The last time he went to bump a spike and the spike actually kind of like, he looked my way. I don't know if he caught me, but he kind of like perked up. And I was like an inch from like full draw. And I just kind of like clicked it back. He was looking towards me, but he was broadside. I put the pin on him and I hit that one. The height was like looked good, and then I hit the opposite shoulder, and he was like down the hill, so it was like a good, you know, angle. And I was like, God, it's good. And he like went tumbling down the hill. It sounded like it was so loud. I was like, Oh my God, I just shot a 10 pointer in velvet. And I'm sitting there, and then another 10 pointer velvet comes out, and two eight pointers in velvet that I shoot here all day. Right. Um, came out and one came out another eight came out that was just freshly stripped like blood dripping off the end. i'm like this is insane <laughs> like, 
that is. And I'm like, this is cool because now I just get to watch and like take videos and yeah. and that was a cool experience. And then, um, you know, everybody came and, and we were looking. I used the Mega Meats this year. I changed them up. I was using a fixed blade and I get asked questions all the time, what broadhead to use and stuff like sure. that. So I like to change it up just so I can give honest opinions. And I heard a lot. I like the Mega Meats just because it's a three blade mechanical rather than fixed. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I'll try it because the fixed blade I used, it was really sharp and good. But I, if it was like a marginal shot, which is my own fault, but you don't get tons of blood. And yeah. um, so I was like, you know, what? I'll try this. And I'm telling you, the blood <laughs> from that thing was insane. It was just like dripping off trees, you know, like yeah. Yeah. like man, this is this is good. There are bubbles, and I was like, oh, he's down. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, we're all walking and, and the one guy, his name's Terry, he was ahead falling and uh, we were just kind of all like, I was stopping at last blood and letting him. And then mm -hmm. um, he goes, I think we should back out. And I was like, what? I was like, there's bubbles in the blood. Like, was like, yeah. It was like dripping off like trees that were like <laughs> big trees. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I was like, all right, I get it. Like when in doubt, back out, you know? Right. And he goes, just come here real quick. And he points into the creek, and there's my buck laying there. Yeah, oh, he's oh, awesome. That's how you got And then it was crazy because I thought walking up, I'd be like, look at the rack, you know, because compared to here, just the mass and stuff. But the body, he was like 260 pounds. Like, what? The, what? The belly. Yeah. yeah, belly on it. I was like, look how big this deer is. Like, how are we getting him up the hill? <laughs> like this. Right. So it was like an extreme sport getting him out because he had to come out of velvet. So like trying to hold his ears so his velvet didn't get knocked and pull him up yeah. up the hill. Yeah. Yep. Extreme sport. So. so Yeah. I think like dressed, he was like 198 or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a big, especially early coat. You know, he's got a summer coat, no neck yet. You know what I mean? That's a, that was going to be a 200 pound, well over 200 pound deer in the rod. Yeah, he was. You know, what I mean? he's probably going to be 230 and something like that when he, when he filled out his neck and, yeah. and shoulders. And yeah, that's, yeah. Brett, that's, a, that's a nice buck. I'm looking at, I'm looking at him now. Like, that's just, yeah. That's, yeah. that's amazing. That's, like, so much different than here. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, it was pretty awesome. So what part of Kentucky was it? Eastern, Western? Um, so it was Ohio County. So I guess Western a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. and, uh, we stayed in Cromwell and, uh, yeah, yeah, it was beautiful out there though. Like soybeans, corn, as far as your eye could see. And it was a lot more like hilly than I imagined. Yeah. You posted some pictures of those. Um, uh, I don't want, I don't want to call them bluffs, but they're basically like caverns or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, where, where you were hunting, or or maybe where you recovered, or whatever, or maybe you went on a day trip after you shot, or something like that. But it, you had put some like uh, really pretty cliffs, yeah. like cut cliffs, and yeah, that, it, that was cool. Beautiful country. Yeah, a lot of ridges, a lot of like rivers and creeks running through, like pretty yeah. time set up for a deer, you know. And yeah, like, fields, a lot of those like that we don't really have here. Um, there was a lot of those, and you, I was just like, "This there's got to be big, big deer in there." Everywhere we drove, I was like, <laughs> big deer, and big deer. Yeah. So, so are you are you are you going back next year? I would love to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It so was, it was yeah, awesome. I mean, just just like see, seeing the pictures on, I'm like, dude, I, yeah, 
I, I, I'm a big proponent of like trying to get out of state and, and I've put plans together together yeah. to try to, to try to continue to do that just, just for like what our podcast is about. Mm. Seek wilderness, man, that, that like get out of your comfort zone, go check out yep. a new state, you know, cause Kentucky yep. make an adventure out of make, it. Make an yep. adventure out. Kentucky's an over the counter state. You can yep. literally get in your car right now, drive to Kentucky, hit a Walmart, buy a tag and be yep. home. Yep. It's a, it's amazing. Yep. It's amazing. Yeah. And when I go out of state, I feel like I learn so much like that I could use here because it's yeah. like about the same in some aspects, like, and I yep. watch their deer and stuff like that. And I'm just like, man, I actually learned from watching what they're doing, like some ideas for here. So it's pretty cool. Um, just trial and error and stuff like that. So yeah, whenever you can get around someone else that's got a different perspective than you have yeah. and that's been hunting a while, like a guide or, a, you know, just a fellow friend from another state that's got different terrain and everything. Whenever you can learn from someone else, they have different experiences. Like Kentucky deer hunters are different than Jersey deer hunters. You know what I mean? But there's a lot of crossover stuff that just has never been cross pollinated. You know what I mean? But whenever you can get out there and do that and get get information from people from other areas, I mean, there there's so many different deer cultures in this country, yep. you know, and, and Canada as well, you know, so many different cultures that, that, um, and different ways of, to, to kill deer yeah. and hunt deer. Um, and you know, some things that people in Kentucky will do that is totally different than the way we do yep. it. And we, we just never knew that you could kill a deer that way or, or because it works so well for them. And, but those people have found a way to do it in a different way. And whenever yeah. you can, Pick and choose little little tidbits from anybody, and then bring it back and just put it in your it. in your uh, yeah. That that that's beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy like, how different just like a lot of places are from Jersey. So like, mm-hmm. I am a true believer. Even though we're allowed to bait, I'm a true believer. If you could get on mature deer in Jersey, you can pretty much do that anywhere um just because it's so thick here like i was scouting public land the other day i didn't see anyone in there but i'm like it's so thick like Mm -hmm. it's really hard to see trails in some places because you got the woody brows and stuff like that like it it is hard to really pinpoint in certain areas you know then when you get into the like more farm areas and stuff it's a little easier but some of the public land with the the pines and the you know, scrubs and all that. It's tough. It's, it's so thick and just getting in and out is, is hard. So. Yeah. And it's a, it's a mono, um, forest as well. A lot of the pine barrens are, you know, there's not a lot of different, there's not, not a lot of structure, you know, it's basically pine, oak, pine, oak, pine, oak, pine, oak, fire break. We're here than anywhere. Yeah, exactly. But you know what I mean? Fire break road, you know what I mean? Pine, oak, pine, oak, pine, pine, oak, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard, but there are little, little meadows and little openings and stuff like that, that in your experience along your, 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 uh, your path hunting will, will, there's going to be certain things that you see that you'll be able to do over and over and over again. Cause even if you don't realize that you're learning, you're learning. Yeah. yeah. When you run into a little meadow that's back in the pines, a little opening, and then there's raspberry bushes or whatever in there, and all of a sudden there's all kinds of deer poop everywhere, or there's a scrape over here on that, and you're, you know what I mean? That's just you're gonna attra- you're gonna be attracted to those things when you go in a big mono yeah. place again at some other place, you know. So that's there, there's a lot of things that are going on. There's little ditches, and you know, there's little things. Yeah. But yeah. 
It's hard, though. It is it, hard. Is. I took uh, one of my friends, Chelsea. She's just kind of getting into it and stuff. And she came walking with me. And I found, like, this one area in public. It was just tore up. I was like, I haven't found this much sign in a long time. And the same thing. It was just an open area inside all this thick stuff. And it was really hard to get to. But I was like, there's, I was like, there's poop everywhere. And she's like, what? That's what poop for. I was like, because that means they're hanging out. Like, you don't understand. Like, this is good. And then there was like, stuff. And I was like, and so she makes fun of me now that I just look for poop. (laughs) The poop girl. That's good. (laughs) You know, I, but to, but to your point and, and, you know, anybody who's been listening to podcasts for a long time, like Jersey, I think more so lately has been cu- coming under the umbrella of like a high, a high pressure state. Yeah. Like Michigan, Michigan is normally like the top of the chart when you think about, well, if you can kill something in Michigan, you're going to kill, yeah. you know, you, you go anywhere. And, do, and, and just to put into perspective what Jersey is, I think I, I've all Todd, you could probably speak to it too. Like I've often had the thought uh, that Michigan and Jersey are very, very similar in the fact of pressure, like being able to really find the spot within the spot within the spot. Yeah. Well, the one thing you can say about the, first of all, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm from Michigan and um, I'm from a very rural part of Michigan. However, I've hunted some of the Southern stuff too. And there's nowhere near the pressure in Michigan as there is here. There's a lot of guys that that want to say that. Okay. Yes. There's way more because we got small pieces. We got a 10 acre piece is a big piece. You know what I mean? A 50 acre (laughs) piece is it, it could be one of the biggest wildlife managements in areas in the the, t- the county you know yeah, what i mean like yeah, 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 there's yeah. counties that don't have hardly any public land you know what i mean like right. um so there's a lot of pressure there but there, there's one common thing that i see between michigan and jersey is the two people the two types of hunters in the state there's two different kinds there's a, a bait hunter with ladder stands and then there's a real go-getter and th- they're in michigan and they're in jersey as well so you're going to get the the ladder stand guy <laughs> that's just off the parking yeah. area you know what i mean or just a little ways away or however far he could go with his four-wheeler or whatever you know what i mean without getting caught back in there with a four-wheeler and then he's dumping corn or whatever you're gonna have that guy they got that we got that in michigan as well yeah. you know what i mean but um you're you do have hunters that will go the extra mile to get back into areas here you when i scout in the wintertime i'm shed hunting i'm running around with my dog and i'm going back into to, to the far you know, paddling back into places to get away from people yeah i'll get in there and there's a tree stand there or there's a trail camera there and you're like where the hell's this right. guy coming from you know what i mean right. like I, i'm the only person that does this kind of work you know what i mean there, there's a lot of people that are working hard like that it has been said by many good hunters a, a person from new jersey a pennsylvania a michigan a wisconsin wisconsin's a, a, got a lot of private land yeah, you know what I mean. But if you are good in some of those states, um, you can go anywhere and crush. You're you're going to go to Kansas, you're going to go to Iowa, and you're going to crush because you're a detail oriented. To be a successful bow hunter in in Jersey or Michigan or in any of those places, you have to know what you're doing, and you have to have taken it to a different level to yeah. be successful. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like, that, yeah, you can throw corn out, and you can you can hunt that way, and, and I, I don't. Everybody can do their own, own own way of doing it. But if you're doing the, those kind of things, a lot of times uh, somebody that throws corn out here in Jersey isn't going to be a person that cares about going to Iowa. They're, they're, they're probably just a meat hunter yeah. Yeah. or the first buck that comes by or, or whatever. You know what I mean? There is some, 
some trophy hunters. I got friends that kill really big box off court piles. You know what I mean? I'm not, and I'm not taking anything away from those guys, but if you can be successful on public land without debate and even some private land that gets overhunted in Jersey and is pressure all around it and, and everything, if you can be an, a successful hunter in Jersey on, on decent bucks, you're going to go crush in those low, low populated States. You're going to crush. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. kind of like when I started following Greg, I was like, man, this mm-hmm. is like actually like making videos for our area. Cause it's yep. easy out all the time i'm like we don't have that we don't have that like that does i can't relate you know so like him going deep in these areas i'm like okay so this is what i'm looking for you know so it's really cool to see somebody actually making content or content for our area because he's just going in there you know and and finding a no bait you know stuff like that just looking for everything pretty cool it's it's funny it's funny you bring up greg because lat so yesterday like I got out. I think all three of us went out, Todd, Greg, myself, um, different places, obviously. But anyway, I I walked in, climbed up. I looked down about 12 yards to my right. I see this like triangle shape under, underneath a laurel. And I'm like, that's a bed. I mean, it was just matted down that, that that's a bed. And, and of course I'm, you know, 18 feet up and I'm trying to look at this laurel. Like, well, I can't tell how, taught it because i'm going back to one of his like you know um betting videos where he talks about the the height to give give room for like a mature buck it's not going to be you know the, yeah. the canopy over is going to be you know higher than than it would be if it if it were a doe and um but you're right and and i think i think two things here um one because we're so passionate like when i say we i mean all of us you included in this Brit is, is we want to uh, like, like the days of, of holding back the secrets of trying to be successful are, are over for me. Like I want everybody to be successful and that kind of, kind of leads into like legacy, you know, help, helping other people out. Um, Greg has been a staple and Todd has helped me. He's been instrumental in, in, in my walk or my journey through this. Mm. And, and, and now like being able to, to um you know kind of connect connect with you come out we we did one event we got another event coming yeah up 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 here shortly which i want you to talk more more about that but doing things like that like giving back to the community not to be cliche because that's so corny sometimes but yeah that's legitimately what we're doing like i really believe we want to be able to help people become better hunters or at least show alternative hey you don't have to be a saddle hunter we love it we do it their success in it and that's kind of the direction we're going yeah. but you know what i mean so oh no <laughs> but, so 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 with that i mean well i want to i want to put a pause on it because i know todd's just dying to know like exactly what your setup is as far as far as um you know what you're running bow wise i want to know like sticks your mm-hmm. you know di- different things layering yeah. systems all that stuff yeah. um i think we i think we have enough t- enough time for that and then we can get into the uh special event announcement all right um so right now i'm shooting the Botech revolt which is actually like a couple years old um mm-hmm. it's like i did try one of the newer bows so it was a hoyt which is a great bow fast and stuff i just you know some bows just don't like just feel really good for you and they're like man, this thing is just home. Like that's how yep. the 
I was. It's just so forgiving. It just, I don't know. It just works for me. So I switched mm-hmm. back to it because I was just confident in it. Um, and then I'm shooting Carbon Express Destroyers. They're like the camo ones. And mm-hmm. I only those because we had extra of those and they were miscut, <laughs> but they were miscut to my life. So <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll take this. You know? Score. <laughs> um, yeah. So like sometimes if we make mistakes, like I get the mistakes. So they fit me. And again, like I was shooting Easton's, um, which I love because they're American made and all that. And, uh, but I just was like, oh, I'm not going to let them go to waste. So I just started shooting and they've been fine. Um, and I told you about the, the uh, mega meets that I started using. Mega meets. I was, yeah. mm-hmm. I was very impressed with those. So I'm excited to shoot another one with one of those and hopefully not in the rain. <laughs> so, right. so poundage, poundage and spine. Okay. So I'm three, so, 350 spine and I'm okay. wow. 70 pounds. So. 70? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, I do it every day. So I build up. Right. Yeah. That's true. If I pull like 30 inch draws at 73 pounds. So when I'm two. You're, you're 30 inch draw? Like when I'm. For real? Running, yeah. I'll be like. Back yeah. like oh, yeah, yeah. 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 But that's not what you. What, what's your draw length? I'm um, 27 and a half. Okay. Yeah. But 70 pounds, you make up for. A shorter draw, well, yeah. short for a guy, yeah. not short for a girl. That's actually a, probably a pretty long draw length for a, yeah. for, for a, yeah. 26, 25, 26, probably more common for, you know, that's going to be in like 50 pounds is, it depends. Cause like some walk anything, oh, they're pulling 60 pounds, no problem. And then same with guys, like you'll get meatheads that come in and I'm like, oh, they'll be able to pull 60 pounds and they can't even get it back. And then they're pulling yeah. 45, but then you get like a guy that doesn't, look like he can and he's fine you know it just depends and then new shooters it's always awkward at first like when i started i was pulling like 45 pounds mm-hmm. and then i shot a lot like a lot a lot and you increase your strength really quickly when you shoot um constantly so i tell people that all the time i was like just shoot and do a half turn you know once a week every other week and you'll get up there really fast so yeah um i shoot in uh true ball Max Hunter Pro Plus, the uh, handheld I switched this year. I was using a trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I switched to the hand. Um, I switched a couple years ago, and I just couldn't get consistent with my anchor point. Like, I wasn't confident in it. And then I went back to the trigger, which is, mm-hmm. like, old faithful. And then this year, mm-hmm. I tried it again. And I know a lot more than I did when I first tried it. And I found, like, a right. solid anchor point, And I just, the hand position, I feel like I can pull through my shot a little better. Mm-hmm. Good. And so, and I was a little more accurate accurate and steady with it. So, I kind of just stuck with it for this year. So, so far, mm-hmm. so good. Good. Now, did you have to do anything different with your draw length or 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 anything like that as far as um, going from handheld to from trigger to hand back to handheld? So the first time I did, but I also didn't understand correct anchor points. I don't think really. Right. Okay. Now that I I do, when I switched, everything was right on. Like I didn't have to move anything like string still touching corner of my mouth same spot Mm -hmm. arrows and you know the groove of your chin stuff like that Mm -hmm. Um, so i was i was tip of the nose you know so it was and draw length seemed all right 
Um, I know some people might have to adjust that just because of different positioning, but yeah. everything was solid for me, which is nice because if I, you know, drop my release or something, I can go to the trigger and I'm still confident that. Yeah, that's good. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was that was one of the things like anchor point. Um, I never really got comfortable with the nose button, and then yeah. with you going back to that kisser button, it just it feels like home. Even though I, I switched from a couple of years ago a trigger to a thumb release, yeah, the thumb release with the the kisser button for me seems to work really well. Haven't killed anything yet with it, but yeah. um, it just it just feels comfortable. Confident, yeah. comfortable. You know what and I mean? Like the biggest thing is confident, comfortable if yeah. you're in your equipment, you know, then it's yeah. just, um, I so, had to, for <clears throat> one of my bows, I could not get a consistent, like my arrow was down farther on my chin than it was supposed to be, but I just couldn't figure out, like it felt right with my hand, but on my face, it wasn't right. So I actually mm -hmm. had to go to like a little, I put a little brass knock on there. For a mm -hmm. kisser just to like reinforce like sometimes yeah i guess you just need that you know you get in a bad habit or something like yeah. that but yeah. uh the biggest issue with kissers is people like who pull their lip or munch on them because you got to pull your lip the same every time it's just supposed to yeah. be a touch you know just I mean? touch yep, mm -hmm. yep. Um, that's the only issue with like a kisser box they're yeah. not properly used so yeah it's just, it's just a matter of like feeling it not like yeah munching on it yeah <laughs> and if they pull their lip like usually yeah. the peeps and then you know right so. so what kind of so what's your climbing system like for your for for your saddle hunting when you go out like what do you, what's your method so i just do it depends what sticks i grab but i have like the muddy sticks the what the mm -hmm. three steps and then i have i think they're xops um, mm -hmm. they're like the two steps, but it's four sticks mm -hmm. and they lock in really nice. Like you actually turn the step and it like, interlocks. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I use those for like when I go in deeper cause they're shorter. I feel like I don't like, I put them under my backpack on the straps. I feel like they don't grab as much as like the longer sticks per se. Yeah. So yeah. Um, like in that position, cause that's usually where I put my sticks. So I like mm -hmm. those and they're light and I'm just go up real quick and I can get around things cause they're shorter, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then the three, I just like, cause it's one less stick, thing. <laughs> but, um, I'll right. use a, a, a two step aider on the bottom one. Um, I usually just use the one, like just to start. Um, I do want to start using it like for my second and third, just to get a little higher in some areas, but it usually like, I got like long legs too. So I can usually stretch and get up pretty good with just one on the bottom and eater on the bottom. So, mm -hmm. um, and then I just use my linesman all the way up. Um, and then I put my platform, which I got the X wing now. Mm. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. How you like it? You like it? I do. I like, yeah. like the wing, I guess, where you can put your feet and kind of get off your toes, you know, and, and push yeah. them over your foot. Um, and then what else do I got? I have a, like a strap that I got off Amazon, um, but it has like these like like uh, square hooks, I guess. And I just like it because I can hang bag, bow, everything right. on there. Yeah. Um, and it was just a little cheaper than like other like name brand stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, went with that. And then I just put my tether on, hook in, I step on, and then I'm ready to go. And I have like a retractable like bow rope. 
So yeah. I just Same pull here. it up and then I keep it on my bag. So <laughs> I use that too. Like that, that's one of those things for, for me, it's, it's bulky, but yeah, it is. The it's ju- like a dog the, leash. <laughs> the juice is worth worth the squeeze for me because I'd it, rather I'd rather have that bulk than to take the time to you know re re tie up a, a you know a, yeah. any rope that I'm using or anything like that. Like I, I've just I contemplated on getting rid of it, but this is the third year that I'm using yeah. it. And I'm like, okay, it stays. Yeah, so, I'm notorious for making a bird's nest out of my bow rope. So absolutely, <laughs> that absolutely limited that problem for me. And it's not so much a time thing. Like, I mean, it could be, you know, let's just say it takes me 30 seconds to get the thing untangled or whatever, right. or a minute, but it's not that. It's just a frustration. Like, yeah. I don't want that distraction. I don't want that stress. Like, it's more time on the ground. I'm like, get something. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with that thing. Yeah. So, um, I think now's a good, good, good time to kind of transition because you have you have a big event coming up here at the at the Rack Shack mm-hmm. um, towards the end of the month here. So, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So October twenty second, we're doing like a Oktoberfest. It's a Saturday. Um, it's from nine to five. Uh, you guys are coming eleven to two, I believe. Yep. 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 So yep. we're doing saddle demos, which is pretty cool. I've been telling everybody who comes in and asks, I'm like, just come the 22nd because they're really good at showing you different methods, you know, stuff like that. When I'm kind of running the shop, it's hard for me to go out and show right. my setup and how to, you know, stuff like that. So I was like, come there. Those guys are great. They'll show you. So we're doing saddle demos. Um, we're having like a chili cook-off, cornhole, mm. and then like all the 2022 um bows or flagship bows are going to be on a like big sale so it's a good Sweet. opportunity for someone who's kind of on a budget but wants that high-end bow um they there's going to be a good deal for them so just a time to kick off you know the rut hunting season get people mm-hmm. out together you know it, it's we try to do events to just you know get people who might be interested involved and then you know kind of keep a community going with the whole you know bow hunters and stuff like that so it's 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 cool it's tough but um like to always get you know tons of people but it has grown the last couple years so it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. yeah it's a good deal kick off or uh scrape week yeah Yeah. (laughs) saturday is scrape week that's what we're doing this is what we're doing on scrape week right (laughs) i think i think i think one of the like i just i just had a thought had this thought and i mean we could talk more about it offline but between that 11 and two hour um or hours to maybe have like you know the pros and cons of saddle hunting. If, if there's a, if there's a group and then do a demonstration and then maybe yep. do a Q and a, like if yep. Todd, maybe just, we, we do it live. Like we'll yeah. just carry the, carry the phone around and, and just, yeah. What's that, Britt? I said, you, you guys could set up a range and, you know, do Q and A's or whatever. Yeah. I think. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll do something like that. Yeah. I wonder that little small range, like where we were set up last time, yeah. And there's a, a, a small range yeah. behind there with like, the, with the I, part behind it or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if we could do, I mean, we can, we, again, we can talk about this offline, but I wonder if we could get in one of those trees right there and shoot at that target. Yeah. If we could shut one of those off, could we do something like that? Yeah, for sure. We could show people how to shoot out, out of them. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. That would be perfect. So then they can yeah. kind of get live action up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like that. We'll find a safe way to do it. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, hey, listen, Britt, I, I tell you what, um, we're coming right up on that hour right now. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. But more importantly, like I have um, a goddaughter, my niece. And she just got her hunter safety. Me and her did her hunter safety over the winter. She got nice. her first turkey this spring on youth day. Um, did it with a shotgun, but she'll, she'll get into bows. <laughs> She's, I know who her, her bow tech is going to be for sure. Well, <laughs> Bring her up. you're managing, you don't necessarily have to, have to set up bows. Um, cause you're, you're a, bo- you're a big boss. You're not really a worker. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I know it works over there, oh, I but, uh, <laughs> but I want to, I want to thank you for, um, for set an example for for all hunters but in in all actuality all, all the female hunters out there for being like a legitimate hunter not being um not doing it for the gram not doing it yes. for for likes and and all that other kind of stuff you are legit yes. you are very legit and i really appreciate that yeah. uh, and i i could tell when we were talking and and um at, you know at that at that last get together um that you were legit but you're legit. Uh, and, <laughs> and I want to, I want to thank you for, for there's a, there's a lot of young ladies that, that don't necessarily have and and girls that don't necessarily have, um, good, good, uh, role models like yourself. You know what I mean? Like they got old guys like me that like to drink beer. So I'm not really a good role model for them anyway. And all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So, um, I pre- it's, it's really cool. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. I was thinking too, like one day maybe doing a ladies clinic. Cause I know it's like intimidating for, girls to get hunting and stuff like do like how to hang your own tree stand you know shooting stuff like that because i know it, it's tough like i get asked all the time how do you where do you even start i was like you just gotta talk to people like i got very lucky and and just met the right people right time learned how to work on my stuff you know and then um just watching youtube you know stuff like that but i was also passionate about it so that yeah. has to be as well yeah, but um sure. yeah it's definitely yeah it's definitely intimidating when you uh, are just getting into it for sure. So, well, yeah. I mean, hopefully through these events, like that, that curtain or wall can kind of, kind of yeah. come down, but you yeah. know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll throw Todd in this mix and, and even gray, like we want to help like any way we can. Um, we're all, we're all big proponents of, of hunting and, and obviously that community. Um, and, and, and we, we love saddle hunting. So at any time, you know, we want yeah. want to be able to help you out for sure, for sure. Yeah. Any way we, any way we can. I really appreciate you guys coming in and doing all that. Cause it definitely, uh, I think helps people with their questions and insecurities about it and just getting in one with you guys there is definitely like reassuring and, you know, they're more willing to get into it than when they're just like looking at it in a box, you know? So yeah. appreciate yeah. you guys for coming and it's awesome what you guys are doing so yeah sweet good, good deal good deal all right john take it take us out man <laughs> oh you're gonna put put the pressure on me all right so yeah you got it you're challenging my dyslexia so listen you guys <laughs> you guys have heard the show before right so we just ask you to do a couple things share the show like it drop a comment and read genesis 27.3 did I get that right, Todd? 27.3? Yeah, you got it right this amen, time. Amen. Yep. Amen. Thanks for listening. All See right. y'all. All right. Thanks, guys. Britt, thank you so much, Britt. Thank you. Seek wilderness.